0: Welcome to Take Note, this is the 189th episode of this podcast about carrying around a notebook in your pocket and writing stuff down and sharing with your friend Adam. Hello, Adam. Ted, I was in
1: Nashville for nine hours. That's not true. <laughs> I was in Nashville for 23 hours, nine hours of which I spent in like Nashville on Broadway. I saw three Out shows. Out town. Wow. Yeah. And I, I realize as I'm saying this, I'm just lying to you. One of the shows was on Broadway. The other two were off-Broadway. One was in East Nashville. But I saw three shows in nine hours, and I went to the Museum of Af- African American Music, and I had an amazing time. And I wrote this in my notebook. Does the guitarist with dyed black hair at Robert's Western World carry a real gun while performing on stage? We'll never know.
0: Was there a, a, a firearm visible? It was just a matter of whether it was yes, real or not. there was not. a firearm visible. Yeah. Okay. Lovely. Yep. That mm-hmm. Sounds fun. Uh, bad bad hair judgment. Hopefully, better firearm judgment question mark. Nashville. Fun. Uh, I wrote down uh, the driver next to me held a breakfast bar in her left hand, and when she took a bite. She leaned her head down beside the steering wheel in order to bring her mouth to the bar. Uh, There's a few things I enjoy more than fellow driver mundane dramas unfolding, and that was one. Do you enjoy
1: breakfast bars more or less than uh, mundane driver drama?
0: Less. Much less.
1: Yeah, I'm not a breakfast bar guy.
0: Well, I wrote that down in my uh, my dapper notes. uh, My dapper notes. uh, Three to one. Well, I wrote that down in my dapper notes possum and hare edition, uh, handmade by Inon Avital, and I mention his name because uh, we are thrilled to say that he agreed to sit down with us for an interview. He did. Uh, He did.
1: Let's, I was just going to say it would be great to get more information about Dapper Notes if only we knew who to ask about them.
0: Well, stay tuned, my friend, because we have a, a really fun discussion with him. Really interesting person, a craftsman, creative, thoughtful, endeavoring person who makes these fantastic notebooks that uh, that look great and feel great and they're fun to write in and they're really... They really occupy a unique space in this little pocket notebook landscape. So it's it's a thrill to talk to him. Uh, So stay tuned and we'll catch you on the flip side. Enon Avital, thank you for joining us. How are you? Thanks for
2: having me. I'm doing great. Very excited to be here.
0: Well, we are excited to have you carving out a little bit of time in your day. Um, you know, often we'll start to show by asking uh, what each other are writing in and writing with. So I thought I would start our conversation by asking you, what, uh, what notebook are you carrying around these days? And what's your go-to writing implement?
2: I can answer that in so many ways. So I'll answer it. <laughs> I'll answer first in the simplest and then in the slightly more complicated or perhaps the reverse. The more complicated, let's start with that actually, is that my desk is littered with dozens upon dozens of notebooks. Not even kidding. This is where I operate. It's where I test things. It's where I show people things. I'm also in the middle of organizing things in my small office studio. So I have many notebooks and I use them all. (laughs) That's part of that. I'm (laughs) testing always. I'm creating new ones. I'm looking at notes at old ones. Um, so I, you don't want me to list them all. That'll be the entire episode. Instead, let's go (laughs) into the short and simple answer. And that is currently in front of me. I have, I have one of my own notebooks that I made open. It's the one with a cork cover that goes by the name giant heart. Uh, it happens to be the one that was literally in front of me. And I just grabbed to write notes as we speak during this episode in case something comes up and I'm using one of my shop pencils. At the same time, there are also dozens of pens and pencils and markers also littered around my desk, and it's literally just the ones that happened to come into my hands moments ago.
0: That's amazing. And do you, do you uh, leave the house with a, a notebook in your pocket?
2: Yes, most of the times I will have one in my back pocket, and it's largely not necessarily for writing, but for testing materials.
1: Like to see the, the wear and like how it, how, it, uh, how it stands up to living in the back pocket.
2: Precisely. Especially nice. because with, with fabrics, which is the kind of notebooks that I make, they have fabric covers, they all will fray. And I can't stop the fray, it's just how fabric is. And I like to know how much some will fray, if some of them will be really bad, if some of them will wear off, if some of the color might wear off of the printing on some of the fabrics. And I like to make sure that they're all within a relatively healthy range before I go ahead and make a notebook that I sell with that kind of material. So I almost always have something in my pocket and I then will also use it because, you know, it's just the one that I have on me.
0: Amazing. And, you know, that, of course, you, you are the purveyor of dapper notes, maker of of uh, very fine pocket notebooks, um, which is why we were excited to talk to you and appreciate that you came on the podcast um do you so so i mean to me i think we kind of one of our ethos is like we keep a notebook going for you know a month or however long it lasts until we move on to the next one typically i would say between adam and i we're we're pretty monogamous but uh it sounds like you just lead this freewheeling uh Open, just yeah. absolutely out there, wild existence, uh, j- hopping from notebook to notebook, uh, in utter creative uh, chaos and explosion of color and fabric. Wow,
2: is that, that fair? It's so poetic. I I love how you see my life, and it it is, in matter of fact, exactly what is happening. But it's an absolute mess, is how I would describe it. <laughs>
0: Well, so when you were uh, when you were dreaming of dapper notes and making your own notebooks and and making your mark, what what was your relationship to notebooks of this? What we all agree, at least on this podcast, perfect format. Um, what was your idea of the pocket notebook before you entered sort of into being so intimately engaged with them? Ooh, that's great. That caused great. you to take this big step.
2: I like that question a lot Um, because I haven't ever talked about that with anybody it's notebooks are amazing because getting your idea down just for the act of getting it down whatever it is that you're working on or thinking of writing or drawing are amazing you always have something with you especially with a pocket-sized notebook that makes it really easy to make that happen at any moment in time and I've I've enjoyed pocket notebooks around the time that I was starting to make my own, particularly because I was at a job in the city, Manhattan, New York City. uh, That's what I'm referring to. And I would be commuting a lot and also working at a relatively small desk space. And so pocket notebooks were the perfect thing for me to jot notes down, to do wireframing. I worked in uh, website building at the time. And also while I was commuting, I would draw and illustrate and do some hand lettering and things like that. So it was like an everything can go into it sort of compact always with me paper situation and i could use almost any writing implement with it so just for the for the size and for the convenience being able to put in my pocket on my small desk i fell in love with this with this format and i for years was an avid user of field notes notebooks and oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm saying was only because I literally don't need to buy notebooks anymore. If I were purchasing, I probably would still buy Field Notes. They're amazing notebooks. Um, and I still have a very fond place in my heart for them. And they are the ones that helped me fall in love with this particular size.
0: Well, in that, um, we all... Uh, share that same experience adam first discovered field notes what 10 12 15 years ago yeah yeah and uh i think somewhere around there and and not long after that an, an orange expedition edition showed up in my mail that he sent me and uh all these years later we still talk about field notes so i i'm excited to know that you were also an enthusiast and i i mean to me what was great about field notes was the you know the idea of the the new additions coming out and the the storylines behind them and the creativity and i'm i imagine that's part of what kind of sparked your interest in them too of course you you have taken this to uh unimagined areas levels um like you know you talked about fabric like Uh, It was actually our occasional co-host, Ryan, showed me uh, a Dapper Notes notebook. How fun. Two, three, four years ago. You know, and being a field notes guy, I fancied myself, you know, I know what I'm doing here. (laughs) Um, I know this. I know the deal. I know the story. But then I held your book and I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) there's another story going on here. Um so how you know how, what was it like for you to to turn you know to, to take your sensibility and the field notes kind of core and then this perfect format and then to shape your vision and then to sort of carry out that vision what was that process like
2: So the process wasn't really born out of a desire for me to make my own notebooks that's the truth at all it happened to be that relating to the first thing you asked at the time i was super into notebooks and into the pocket format and i was also doing a fun little side business with a good friend of mine who's a creative copywriter and he would come up with these funny phrases and since i was into hand lettering i would draw those phrases in funny ways and people liked them and they asked us to put them on t-shirts and posters you know the generic thing that almost anybody who has a design will do till today that's still a very common thing but once we put them onto those objects we realized this is silly and boring and wanted to do something actually kind of special and unique something that is our own and not just slapping a funny cool design onto a t-shirt and the idea that i had was to explore creating our own notebooks a because i was in love with them And I still am (laughs) deeply, but at the time I was like super involved with using them. And I also had learned how to work with paper and create books in college. So I had some knowledge on how to do certain kind of techniques, especially when it comes to sewing and cutting and trimming and all that. And we experimented this friend and I for a while, for over two years, just playing around without any big intention of making anything long-term or large. It was just us trying to figure out, could we put our stuff onto something else? And those early notebooks that we were working on, very often they were either scraps of canvas that I had previously painted on, or random pieces of paper. It wasn't always fabric that we even worked with. We were just having fun and shooting the breeze, trying to put our ideas onto a handmade object. And that was the, the idea at the very beginning. As it turned out, this particular friend put their attention elsewhere. And so our work together kind of paused and ended. And for a very long time, this whole idea of working and creating my own notebooks died down. I'm going a little bit to a little bit of a history, I guess, at this point in time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had a whole bunch of tools that we had purchased over time, the trimmer and fabrics and threads because we were experimenting and they were just kind of sitting around. And as the story goes, in terms of my personal interest, I didn't stop loving notebooks. (laughs) I kept on using them and I kept on writing in them. And eventually I went into other areas of art in my personal kind of fun time explorations, particularly creating Hebrew typography out of food and other Mm -hmm. objects, not with ink. And I would sketch a lot of those ideas in notebooks. And when I would post these things online, on Instagram primarily, people would say, hey, I would like to buy a print of that. And then I came into the same place that I had with my friend previously, where I sold prints of my artwork. But then, that was generic. Everybody has prints of things. And I thought to myself, what else could I do beyond doing the generic expected thing? And realized I had all this equipment sitting around and thought, perhaps I should explore the notebook thing once again. So that was kind of like the roundabout. It's not exactly a direct way of me saying, oh, I really need to make my own notebooks because I love notebooks so much. It came as a complete side consequence of other artistic explorations that were kind of just hovering and circling around the idea of making notebooks.
0: Well, and that doesn't surprise me in a sense because I think the... I mean, what, what really strikes me, too, is your, the level of collaboration you undertake with artists in order to you know, put out really unique additions and then the, you know, the fabrics themselves. And, and so the creativity driving it really, I think that really resonates. And I think that comes through in the notebooks. Uh, so
1: you, ha- you had a, s- a small business with your friend. Presumably a small business. And then you it yeah. led to this business. So well, yes. I was wondering, where does this... Do you know where this entrepreneurial spirit comes from? Is it... I mean, it's not just that you'd already bought the stuff, right? Like you'd already... Not just that you'd already bought the tools. There's, There's somewhere that it comes from, right?
2: Yes, but the way that I feel about all of this, even until now, is not an entrepreneurial type of approach at all. In the classic, I'm doing a business to, you know, build something that hasn't really been my approach and it still isn't. It's, it's consistently about the, the process and creation and the joy around that. There have been questions a lot about, you know, scaling, for example, like, why don't you make so many more and go into all these stores? And, And the answer that I always give people is because I like the making of it. I like like you were saying um the collaboration with other artists and that that process is kind of anti entrepreneurship almost yeah it's more about the the art side and sure it is it is a business at the end of the day but the drive is not the entrepreneurship of it all it's the it's the art still and it always has been
1: I guess it's you know it's easy to see the art in it and the care that you take in making it, but I think because it's done in such an impressive way, and because it comes out the you know the books come out on a schedule and the website looks great. I mean, I as you, I, I learned just now that you were, <laughs> you were a web designer, but um, because it all looks great, right? It it feels like you know it doesn't it not you know maybe not a business that's going to scale. I guess I wasn't thinking like that, but because I understood like the, how great it is that they're all handmade, how that's what makes it special. But it does feel like a a well run. Um, maybe not a well, I mean, I, I guess it's a well run machine. I don't really think of it like that. But it, it seems like a very sturdy sort of well made product.
2: I think I understand what you're trying to ask. And that is, it feels like a fully formed business and not a fly by night artist just shooting the breeze and putting their products on the internet. And that difference I guess you're saying is noticeable, right?
1: Yeah, yes, yeah. I'm glad you figured out what I was trying to ask.
2: <laughs>
1: I didn't get to it, I guess. <laughs> well, I well, figured I just, it out entirely.
2: <laughs> it comes down to several things that i have in my background which do include yes building website ux design uh, graphic design illustration and marketing and all of those things together are part of what is still my career and so being able to bring all those things back into my notebook business help make it seem so legit for lack of a better word right. and so put together and so i thought out and i do try very hard to kind of have everything be as tip top as possible all the time. Um, I, I I guess that, that kind of answers it. It's just, it's in my, it's in my nature and experience to wanna really bring everything into, into being experienced in the perfect way possible because the whole purpose of making a notebook that's, that's made with, with fabric, that's done by hand, that's not mass produced is, the experience that someone who would be having, getting one, purchasing one, will be going through from the moment of discovery, which is reels or TikToks that I'm putting together as as the videos of the process, to going onto the website and hopefully learning about it and seeing things and seeing videos and reading, and then purchasing that and eventually getting it in your hand and having that tactile experience. So. I try to really consider that experience from start to end, which involves the production, it involves the marketing, the colors, the, the 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 layout, all the different things that you're hinting to make up for that experience. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm thinking about all the time, both in the notebook creation and in my career work, which is actually great because they, they help feed one another. So that's a nice side effect. But that leads to the thing that you're seeing on the other end i think
0: well and i can i can totally vouch for for that end experience because i think, you know i i subscribed and the first box i received with the you know little extras and your your handwritten note and uh you know all the just the, the packaging and everything it was uh it really was remarkable thank um, you yeah so so thank you And, uh, you know, I think, (laughs) I think the idea of, um, of process is fascinating and I, 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 am old. Uh, so I was first impressed with your notebook when I held it. And then, you know, three weeks ago realized you had a TikTok and thought, oh, that's cool. 5 million (laughs) views. Okay. He's been discovered. Uh, he's, he's already, he's there. Um, but, but I, you know, obviously, um, the process is what has, just capture people's imaginations and uh so to me i i wonder if you could dig into that process a little more or that really i guess sort of passion for process that you're describing and maybe what that feels like for you and and what it feels like to have other people uh you know kind of share in that through social media and and all of that what's that evolution been like
2: You're very prepared with great questions today. Good work, honestly. <laughs> High five. Yes,
1: we are both prepared with great <laughs> questions. Our questions were equally good. <laughs> I,
2: I, I directed my compliment to the ether. You can all accept it.
1: All Thank you.
2: <laughs> You're welcome. I actually started um, thinking about the, the sharing of the process and that whole experience part, specifically when it comes to the, the video part of it all. So showing people the behind the scenes. Relatively early on when I realized people were always asking, one notebook is 15 bucks, that's not the price anymore. It's mm. after mm-hmm. six and a half years, it turned to $17. Nevertheless, people are, have, have always and continue to be surprised at the cost of a single pocket notebook. And I realized I had to explain and there's only so much you can do with words. People don't really read so much. And I decided to start filming the process a tiny bit to kind of explain. And literally the first time I did that, people immediately responded with, okay, I get it now. And I didn't do it for the first few years so much in terms of recording my process uh, for a variety of reasons including the fact that I wasn't really in the groove of like having a whole process down of creation and filming and editing all that, Mm. um, in part, which is a,
0: a process in and of itself on top of the process that you're already documenting.
2: It certainly is. It certainly is. But now I have, I have a way of doing it that doesn't even feel like it so much, which is actually quite nice. But earlier on, I didn't have that. I didn't have that feeling. I also didn't have as much time. And I also had very, very little space. I was working out of an extremely teensy, teensy room, And there was not really room for me to really film what was going on. It was quite difficult to try to pull that off if I ever needed to. So I didn't do that so much at the beginning. But after a while, I figured out how to start making that happen. And I recognized that the sharing doesn't only lead to discovery. So more people know about it and more people will buy it. That's great. It's great marketing. But the best thing about it is, number one, Getting the, the adrenaline hit from people being excited with me at having created something artistic is unbeatable. That feeling every single time I'll post a video and there'll always be such beautiful comments that I'll always respond to because I love these interactions. But the, the joy that people see, that people get rather, out of seeing something get created that I did Is unbeatable and so being able to share that with people and kind of get back the joy because other people are experiencing it is amazing and that that's a hit it's almost like a drug so so creating just for that purpose alone is always always totally worth it I've also had um, several people over time telling me how inspired they were they were to start either making their own notebooks or to start doing their own art and just hearing that it's the no-brainer continue to continue to making these kinds of videos because being able to affect people positively in that way is amazing. It's One of the best things you can do in this life is kind of pass things along to other people so that they, they can also do positive things. So the, the main drive behind that is the sharing of the process itself. Because I love creating the notebooks for what I put into it, for the meditation of it, for the, 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 the steps that I have to think through and all those details and the things that I have to consider so that I don't mess up, all those things are what give me joy. And so creating something that shares that process in and of itself is an end product as well. So the, yeah. when I'm creating a new notebook, I'm not just making a notebook, I'm making a video that is an experience of creation. And making that for me is almost as important, if not as important as making the product itself.
0: And the, you know, the, the process you're documenting, it's so physical. Yeah. It's so tangible and visceral and, you know, blades slicing paper and sharp pointy things poking through big stacks of paper and, and thread. Uh, I mean, it, i I can't help but think that you're you're filling a a sad dusty little cavity in most of our brains that <laughs> doesn't that doesn't get enough satisfaction from shaving and scraping and cutting and poking and slicing um and you're sort of filling that hole with those those amazingly tactile practices i don't know
2: well I, yeah i learned that by a mistake it wasn't really intentional at first that i realized that i i ventured into the asmr world <laughs> yes.
0: for but better or worse perhaps <laughs>
2: exactly but that alone though is what has allowed me to reach such a wide audience because even if people are not necessarily interested in stationery or writing or what i'm doing in fact very frequently on tiktoks people in mostly not english languages and i've gotten in, in at least a dozen languages, so don't ask me to list them, will ask, what is this? Or what is this for? People don't know what I'm doing, but they, <laughs> they're there for the ASMR. And so very frequently I'll see people who are just there to experience the feeling of whatever's happening. And I i certainly capitalize on that. I know now I, I shut off my music when I'm recording in the studio. I make sure it'll pick up the sound of what I'm doing. And honestly, when I'm editing my videos, if the levels of certain actions, like you know, sewing or even gluing, they're very, very quiet. I'll boost those levels, make sure that everything is heard because I know that the the effect of it will be, will be that brain scratch, the, what some people have called a brain massage. I love that.
0: And what is your background in sort of using your hands and using tools and existing in this very physical world of creation, I mean, carving chunks of food into typography or, or sewing books and all that is, is that something that comes very naturally to you?
2: Yeah. I I don't know if I have any history to delve into. It's just what I like. It's as simple as that. Maybe it's a natural, you know, human thing to want to play with your stuff, like playing with food, perhaps. I I like making stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, And you, you offer a lot of really cool, uh, accessories i guess that word when you say it out loud doesn't do justice but all um, those
1: all those neat journaling objects the stamps and the tape and the yeah it's really you've put together a really impressive selection of like things that um no one needs until they see them and realize they need all of them
0: so i i'm curious how does how does it go from idea to uh all right, it's time for me to make my own version of this thing.
2: Man, I'm, I'm going to keep on complimenting you on your questions today. And so there you go. One I'll more. Take
0: them. I'll take them all.
2: <laughs> Great. And this is, again, a compliment to everyone. So
1: <laughs>
2: the the first thing that I made that was really a, a secondary item is actually probably my most frequently used item. And that is my desk pad. It's a horizontal notepad. It's very, very simple. It is made with the same paper that my notebooks are made out of. It's a nice 70 pound smooth white that works really nicely with pencils and fountain pens. And it sits on my desk instead of a pocket notebook. Although at the moment, the one that I had here is gone. So that's why I have my cork notebook in front of me. But almost all the time, I'll have one in front of my keyboard. It's a perfect size to, to have it sitting there and I use it all the time. And I made that item to answer your question because i wanted to use one i needed one and with almost any of the things that you'll see me make that are not notebooks it's either because it's something that i had wanted to make for myself instead of buying it i started making it i figured i'll just sell the ones that i make because i'm sure other people will like it or it's something that i made for the day-to-day of running my business and a great example of that is the note cards so you've experienced this, Ted, where in every order that I send out, there's a little handwritten note. And I do that because mm-hmm. that, that personal connection and me, like remembering the names of the people, I, every time that I do that, I really think about the person. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've written Ted's name X amount of times, roughly. Like, I remember it's, them. and it's, it,
0: really, it's really something special.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful action for me. I, I, doing it for myself, it's very selfish, I have to tell you. <laughs> But, but I write them on these little cards that I made for that purpose. They're small, 14-point uh, thickness uh, cardstock. And I have uh, my own custom illustrations on the box that have changed over the years. I've used a variety of different types. And at one point in time, a couple of months ago, maybe almost a year ago, someone said, hey, can I buy a bunch of them from you? And that is the beginning of an idea to put something like that in my shop. Because... If I'm using it regularly, it's a stationary item, I'm sure other people can make use of it also. And then I go into the process of figuring out, okay, what is the best way to make this for other people as well? Because if you look up the one I was just mentioning, the note cards, you'll see they're not exactly the same one that I'll put in orders. They're the same card stock, but it's a design that's suitable for anybody to use. And so most of the things that I make will be something that I'm either already using or have desired to purchase for my stationary habits around my regular life or my business life washi tape is very much the same i use washi for wrapping you know the notebooks so i made a couple that people can buy for whatever they want and you so, anticipated,
0: so yeah you anticipated my next question which is and perhaps this is too in the weeds and you don't want to give up your trade secrets but how on earth does one make one's own washi tape uh it, it, that's akin to magic to me uh so maybe you want to you maybe a, a magician doesn't tell his uh his secrets but
1: maybe the questions are getting too good <laughs> <laughs> how, does, how
0: does that dream become a reality
2: uh i can hook you up with my buddy who makes them for me um you and, washi and, washi and sources them. i got a washi guy i i have designed them and I've had them, I uh, made sure that they packaged them in something that is sustainable. And then I, I printed my own packaging stickers and I kind of put it together that way. So it's, it's very, very minimal production on my end for something like that. Um, and usually if if there is a process video that I'm sure, here's, here's a nice little behind the scenes secret. If there's process videos that I've posted about certain items, you know that I'm making that pretty much start to finish. Like the note cards, for example, I'm pretty much Except for the printing of them, I'm cutting them, I'm making the boxes, so everything's done by hand. Something like my double-ended markers, for example. Somebody printed them on a barrel for me, with screen printing. I don't know who's making them. I got a marker guy. It's just my <laughs> design on them. You know what I mean? I'm not making the Bic click pens. I just like the pens. And so I got someone not to print yet. on the barrel for me. And, that, and that's how it not making them is. yet. <laughs> I see what you're saying. And my wife has a joke where... She expects me to someday buy a large loom to start making my own fabric. There is, <laughs> there is a limit, I think.
0: Uh, speaking of fabrics, um, I mean, I just, I, like, I just wonder what you see when you close your eyes at night. It must just be colors and patterns and, and uh, large sheets of things just flying around. Um,
2: uh, no, I'm just scrolling TikTok. <laughs> like everybody else
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is it what is it about these fabrics and what how do you how do you understand them and and find what you want and and uh I don't know what is what does fabric mean to you in this notebook realm because it's it's quite remarkable how they end up in the final product
2: fabric is not expected in the way that I'm using it, and that's why I love it so much. You you will see fabric on some books, but it's very manufactured type things. You'll very rarely see a book with a serious fabric cover. It's not really done so much. I've seen some artists do that as an artist type of project, but with a common everyday notebook, it's not a thing. and making something that's slightly unexpected that also kind of feels nice because it's almost always tactile There's almost always something that's strange about it, including the fray that comes out. You know, even that in itself is, is an interesting experience. So working with something that's unexpected is what I like about this. And it's not necessarily just about the fabric as fabric. I mean, we need fabric because we have to get dressed every day, right? Uh, it's, an, it's a necessity. It's a life necessity at this point. I'm not going to wear leather all day or spandex. Um, <laughs> you could. But, but, but the fabric as, as what I use for notebooks is because it's unexpectedness. And you'll note that I don't necessarily always use fabric. For example, the notebook I'm using right now is with a cork. I've made notebooks out of um, a vegan, natural, non-plastic leather, not fabric, and other types of materials. So, fabric in and of itself is not the end goal. It just happens to be most commonly what I'll use, particularly because, as of late, as I have been collaborating with artists who will mostly create full-color artwork, the only way to reproduce that onto a special material would be to print them direct onto the garment, which I generally do from uh, this printer in Pennsylvania that I use, who are amazing, it's a family business. And so printing onto whatever fabrics they have and choosing the right ones for each project is a necessity. When there are times when I'm working with an artist who's creating a single color print, which I very often will do, for example, with Dylan, who we will do screen printing. I've done other, other artist works who were screen printed. Then I will go to local fabric shops and then just explore and try to find anything that fits the feel and the theme and the mood and the texture of what I'm looking for. And all at the same time, I also have to be able to pick fabrics that can serve as a notebook cover and there's a very specific range and type that's not too thick not too thin because too thin glue will seep through Um, not too uh, boring in texture that that I have to get so there is there is a range that I'm working within and the truth of the matter is when you say what does fabric mean to me whenever I'm passing by something that has fabrics. Let's say I'm walking around at a department store in the mall. I'm touching all the, all the clothing. I'm touching all the fabrics. And I am kind of thinking like, Hmm, would I use this one? It's literally a fancy designer jacket that I'm seeing on a rack. I would never use that for anything, (laughs) but I'm still thinking about it.
0: And I, I mean, much like that first time I held one of your books, the way it feels in your hand is different than any, notebook i'd ever used before and i I think the fabric and the the materials yeah not always fabric um it it really shines through that that's a part of um part of the experience that you're creating and i've got my possum and hair that i'm working on right now speaking of dylan and nice there are little strings and frays hanging off of it yes and it's it's i i like I am looking forward to the moment when I can get my hands on a pair of scissors and just like sort of (laughs) gently snip them off. Like I'm excited about that in a a way that I think only people who are still listening to our podcast (laughs) would understand. (laughs) Um, So it's, it's really cool to hear how sort of um, how deep you are in thinking through that, uh, that entire process.
2: Yeah. And by the way, speaking of Frey and the way that you were just describing it, it made me, realize once again, um, part of what makes a notebook special, it's very nice to receive something and have a nice textile texture, kind of physical situation, but a notebook isn't really special until you start putting stuff in there. And very often people will come and say, I could never write in this. And I always, always will reply with, it's only going to be awesome when you put yourself into it, because that's what a notebook is. It's you make it yours and the the words or the drawings or the marks that you put inside are one thing but when you have a fabric cover that starts fraying you're making marks in other ways and that that kind of story of how you used it and the stuff that you were doing and putting into it or that were going on in your life while that was happening every string has has a moment and feeling associated with it and it creates it creates an experience that just plain paper doesn't give as much of
1: so I think that's a great opportunity for I – w- I really wanted to share with you the way that I have used Dapper Notes um, because I'm a, a field notes-aholic too. That's my – that's the one that's always in my pocket. But um, mm-hmm. I have – well, briefly, the Giant Heart notebook is – that's like the perfect gift for me. And I recently gave gave one of those as a gift to a uh, uh, friend who had uh, who had – you know, I was – sort of returning a favor to him, and I wanted to provide him with a a thank you gift. Um, And I think that Dapper Notes are, if you're going to give someone stationery as a gift, the Dapper Notes is like the the wow factor, right? It's the thing that, like you talked about, sometimes there's price objections until people get on TikTok, something that maybe someone wouldn't buy for themselves. The first one I received is a gift. And the way that I use them is, uh, my Dapper Notes are my dream journals. So my Dapper Notes are next to me in bed every night, and um when i wake up in the dark i i love to just make these messy um sometimes unintelligible notes in this beautiful gorgeous notebook i like the um i like the strange contrast of that and i like having this uh, what i would call somewhat decadent um notebook <laughs> next to me like keeping me company um in bed and then the you know the thing that i among you know everything about the notebooks, it's this book cloth that um, between the cover and the paper that somehow is like the perfect thing for me because it is also serves as this it's you know it makes it more decadent, but it also has, in my opinion this very practical use um, if you use it as if you've got a uh, a dream notebook. That you need to find in the middle of the night, you have to have your pen clipped in it at all time. So my pen mm. is always clipped to the book cloth, um, and uh, and and then to the page that I need to write in. But my pen's always uh, clipped to the book cloth and not clipped in like dinging up the the cover as much. So Fascinating. So I have this kind of decadent thing with me, um, but yeah, that that's how I that's how I use these products and. Um, not that you have to, but, you know, I found these beautiful notebooks and I was a field notes addict, so I had to find a use for them. And I, I think that that's, uh, I don't know, I love I love being able to have this special every time I fill up, a, or when I'm getting close to filling up a dream notebook, I uh, go on Dapper Notes and I buy another, whatever the newest edition is.
2: That makes me so happy to hear. that. That's literally the best part of making this. Yes, sharing the experience of creating, sharing all that, it's awesome, but hearing someone else like enjoy that and make it part of their life and making it something special. That's amazing. Thank you. I love, I love hearing this and I barely ever hear this stuff. So thank you for sharing that very much.
0: Well, is, is there, is there an experiment or an ambition or a dream that you're, uh, that's bouncing around in your head that uh, you're like, man, I really want to see if I can pull this off.
2: Um, not at the moment. Most wild ideas that I've had, I've either tried and published, like my furry notebooks that I've made several of. <laughs> I am about to make a notebook that you can sew, or rather, needlepoint the cover, which is going to be cool. Oh wow, Um that was another wild idea. But most of my other wild ideas, I've experimented with, and they were awful. <laughs> So (laughs) I guess whatever next one will be that will come up, it'll be like, Oh, I have this amazing and I'll, I'll try it out. Like I, I try out my wild and crazy ideas and nothing is too, is too wild or out of the question to attempt. So at the moment I'm just, just focusing on getting the next couple of ones done, which is kind of getting me through the end of this year. I can mention what they are right now because I've already talked about them if you would like, but sure. Okay. So, I'm I'm right now just finishing up this this sewing uh, needlepoint cover one, which is going to be a, a Thanksgiving special. In years past, I've done the the fuzzy ones, which I called little monsters, um, and that was always done as a, a Black Friday anti deal, where I would make a special edition that's basically only available then, that costs more than the typical one. So instead of having I a sale, them. I would have a more expensive <laughs> one. It's wonderful. Um, yeah, it's 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 a very very uh, kind of bring you into the intention of, you know, the arts, supporting an artist and not just giving in to the sales of things. And I really, really enjoyed that for a while. I haven't made those in a couple of years. And this year I teamed up with a friend in, in England to make a different kind of special thing. So I'm just finishing that one up. I'm about to start making the December Book Hit Club edition, which I won't mention what it is. Uh, But it's a very beautiful winter-themed fantasy land sort of thing with a watercolor illustration on the cover. Amazing, amazing. And I'm also in the middle of making another thing with Dylan, a paper cover notebook. So during the holiday season in years past, I've also made a special craft cover edition. as kind of a, a fun experiment for me to try making something different, but also to allow people who... Wanted to either gift more notebooks to someone that were slightly lower cost per notebook, or wanted to just try out the paper that I had, you'd be able to to get it that way. So this year, the one that I'm making is with covers that Dylan originally was supposed to print posters on this nice paper stock that he got. And as he was printing the second color with screen printing method, he noticed that his registration was off. And so, this entire stack of papers was basically ruined. They're very expensive. And so, I suggested to him, why don't we just print some of your dog breeds? He illustrates these dog breeds that he sells as prints. I said, why don't we just put a couple of them as covers and we'll just make notebooks out of them, which we did. And we're in the middle of producing those and getting those done as well. So, all of those things are on top of mind right now. They're very different projects from one another. And kind of figuring out how that all goes together, how I'm launching this. I also have to finish producing some videos for some partnership announcements that I did with other people. So it's a very busy time of year where I'm just thinking about what I have planned mostly.
0: Well, Adam and I are most grateful for your efforts and Ryan and Ryan. Um, (laughs) I think we, we all get to bask in the pleasure of what you take all this time and effort and creativity and imagination to create uh and so we really appreciate you coming on to the podcast and carving that time out for this really fantastic discussion so thank you very much for joining us tonight
2: yeah, thank awesome. you so much for having me it's always fun to talk about things that i haven't really thought to talk about before so once again for the final time this is i don't know how many people in life are going to tell you this but you did good boy
0: <laughs> i'll take it really thanks so much for joining us and I look forward to all of your great work to come. yeah thank you for making thank these you. things we, we really both do love
2: i really appreciate that
1: thank you